0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Mikey B was telling me yesterday that people thought that I had not done Monday and Tuesday's yeah. shows. A couple of people on Twitter because of our Kiko Alonzo Joe Flacco fight. <laughs> which is the funniest thing that I've heard in a long time. Yeah, who would have thunk it that Kiko and Flacco would come between me and you Oh. Yeah, that was not the case at all. I was doing some shows next door. That's what it was about. It was in the works for weeks that I was doing that Monday and Tuesday, yesterday, and the day before over there. So it had nothing to do with the fight. Kiko but is...
2: and Flacco. Yeah, Kiko and Flacco. Break up El Homo. <laughs> it did not. That didn't come out right. No, no, no. Home-e-o. How, How about that? How about that? And break up El Homo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I meant home. (laughs) I got homey. Home, yeah. That's what you meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's what you meant. Yeah, something like that. Right. (laughs) Uh, So, game six last night, this was supposed to be when the Astros won their first World Series. Everything was set up. They come back in game five, and they have this unbelievable win that has five hours and 17 minutes of just excruciating baseball. And then you got Verlander on the mound. And this is what one of these teams needed, was a starting pitcher that was going to go deep into a game that was not going to allow the bullpen to determine things. He's on the mound. He's ready to go. He's going to give them a world championship. That's all Verlander has done since he's been a Houston Astro. But the Dodgers, Rich Hill, that bullpen a little bit better. And in the sixth inning, they break through. Peterson adds the insurance home run. And the Dodgers send this thing into a Game 7 with you, Darvish, on the mound to get a little revenge from the Yuli Gurriel stuff. Yeah. Now, this is cool. Now, I hope we don't get another 15 14 2019 game because that, to me, is not baseball. <laughs> but last night, this illustrates the point. And we didn't talk about this because it was Sunday into Monday. But this illustrates my exact point. Like, when you're watching that game last night, I had so much more interest and anxiety built up in watching two teams that I've never rooted for in my life in a game that's tight like that where you feel like not every pitch
2: is going to be deposited into the stands. Well being deposited into the stands is part of the game. So if you go from four to nothing, which the Dodgers were up, then you're up 7 to 4 and then Astros come back Ugh. in game 5 and then it's back and forth into extra innings. No. I have no problem with that nah, cuz it's still that it is baseball no. because they're playing baseball and they just happen to be knocking the ball out of the park. The batters are getting the best of the pitchers, which occurs sometimes, and I had no problem with that because it was a, it was a close margin. What was the final score? 13-12? Yeah. Okay, that's a one nothing ball game no, essentially it's not
1: the, it just doesn't feel right. And like last night when you've got you know Verlander and then you see him start to labor a little bit in the sixth and then he ends up hitting Hutley and then, I mean that's when it starts like the ball starts to roll a little bit and you don't know at what point and what inning it's going to be as opposed to the, the trading the blows back and forth and I don't know what type of game you're going to get in game seven now. it's totally unpredictable and I'll prefer a game like you you had last night, but it's totally unpredictable. And I I do think it's a pretty obvious statement that now the ball is in the Dodgers' court, no doubt, just because they're back home, they got the momentum back last night, if you look at Darvish and McCullers, I'm certainly going to take Darvish in that matchup. But, you know, sometimes these starting pitching matchups, they mean nothing. Yeah. Like, think about game five, where you've got Keuchel and Kershaw as the starters, and then by the end of the game, you have no idea what the hell happened. Right. And the same thing could happen in this game seven, where all hands on deck, because there's not going to be another baseball game played until uh, end of March, early April. And, and you
2: have the drama involving Gary L. And, and, and so that controversy, and who was booed uh, uh, loudly, as you might expect, and Rich Hill stepping off the the mound uh, when he came up to bat for the first time, yeah. and allowing that that booing to to linger. Uh, so you have that, and you're right. Now you got Kenley Jansen who uh, pitched had six outs last great. night. So uh, will he? And, and he, you saw him yelling at the end of that game. Not in my house. So we'll see if he can repeat that because you know he's going back out there. Everyone's going to be available. You saw Kershaw in the bullpen last night; he'll be available, and the same for the Astros. And I said this the other day, G, that you're going to see AJ Hinch probably opt for the strategy he had in the ALCS, where he didn't really believe in his bullpen late in that series, and he would go with some starters.
1: Yeah, I think that you're going to see you're going to see everybody. I mean, everybody's going to be available in the game, but uh, you're probably right. Now McCullers and Morton were just fantastic in Game Seven of the ALCS against the Yankees, it's probably going to start with McCullers, and you'll probably see some Morton at that point. And uh, as far as as the Dodgers go, I mean, I would hope that if Darvish is going good, that Dave Roberts isn't just going to go out there and get him. And by the way, Rich Hill last night, (laughs) uh, demonstrative again after getting taken out of the game, just throwing water in cups and flipping out. But to his credit... When you get the third out of that inning when he comes out, yep. you know, he's up there and he's clapping and he's going nuts. So it's not like he disappeared to the clubhouse to go and pout. He's just right. fired up. And maybe he's just as mad at himself that he allowed True. the base runners as he is Dave Roberts for not giving him an opportunity. And I read this morning that, you know, you hear about Dave Roberts and the third time through the order, and that's why he doesn't allow Rich Hill to, to do this because of his, his staff. He looks at the numbers. But Rich Hill's got the best ERA out of any one of his starting pitchers – third time through the order, he still
2: doesn't let him do it. Yeah, which is amazing and the guy was on point, but I, I agree with you. I think it was maybe 50-50, maybe 60-40. I'm more upset with myself for allowing the guys to get on base than I am being pulled from the game, but we saw the same histrionics in, in uh, game two when he was taken out of the ball game. So, was it game two or one? There have been so many and it's been great. Game two. Game two, I was correct. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, I think uh, I uh, the only other choice is one, Right, but it was uh, game Couldn't two. have been one. Right, yeah, it, was it, was it was Kershaw. Right. It Exactly. So, uh, and that's what you want. You want that competitive nature, and and yeah, that's it's interesting. And we've talked about watching these guys in this space as opposed to the regular season, where if that's your strategy, fine, it's worked throughout 162 ball games. When you get in the postseason, you get a feel for a guy. Stats be damn, I'm staying with him. And, and with this guy posted the type of numbers he has on the season, the third time around, uh, or th- third time through the order. Uh, you would think uh, Dave Roberts would would leave him in there, but he hasn't, and it worked out for him last night.
1: Uh, nobody really threw a ton of pitches out of the bullpen for the Dodgers last night, and I you know I wonder if that's going to have that's going to change things or not. Like, let's see. You've got I'll go through it right now for the Dodgers pitchers, but you've got all right. So here we go. Yeah, so Morrow Morrow, Morrow. Threw fourteen pitches. Watson Watson. threw 12, Maeda threw 14, and Jansen in two innings only threw 19 pitches. So, yeah, they came out of the bullpen, but those aren't massive totals. Nobody got to 20 pitches in any of their uh, outings. So this is a tough question to kind of ask because I don't know the answer, but I would assume that the lower pitch count is going to help them out if they have to – be utilized in game seven, but they also had to go and warm up. They also had to go in a game. They're still pitching them back-to-back nights. And you're also talking about the end, the dead end of the season. This is it. So I mean, you could tell, though, that these guys were re-energized with a day oh, yeah, off. There's, sure. there's no doubt about it. You started to see some guys executing, and and Morrow especially, when you see him, you know, the, the previous game in game five, the first pitch that he throws gets just crushed by Springer. Uh, which was probably the, the most impressive home run of the entire World Series at this point. And then last night he came in and got the job
2: done. Yeah, they, they lit him up in, in the last ball game there in Houston, uh game five, and uh he came back with some vengeance last night and even my Maeda- they got to, and they'd seen these arms. I made this point yesterday as well. Uh, when you were still uh, sulking from our our fight <laughs> Friday, that uh, you know you see these guys uh, so much, you, you finally get comfortable with seeing them, and they pitch through a lot of pitches. And, and, and that day off was definitely going to help. Uh, both of these bullpens, but specifically the Dodgers' bullpen, and that's what we saw come to fruition last night.
1: Yeah, so Game 7 in a World Series in back-to-back years, there is really nothing like a Game 7 in a championship series, so you're going to have it in this World Series. I, you know, I'm not big on the discussions of greatest World Series or is this the best? Is me that either. The best? Hell, I can't remember them. Yeah, well, that too. I mean, uh, to me, it's... It's all about your memories as a sports fan, right? It's not about, yeah. like, it's impossible for me to really objectively break down, like, what was better you know, last year, this year. Like, to, uh, to me, I guess last year, just because of the Cubs story, is going to be better than this one, even though the Astros could still win their first World, World Series ever. I mean, that right.
2: Cubs story is, is something else. So I mean, and, and there had been so much, uh, let's see, superstition around the Cubs, or at least there were, uh, or was, uh, leading up to their final, uh, them finally uh, getting a, a World Series championship, and, and and so that had been documented, and we talked, and there had been so many missteps along the way. If you want to go back to the apartment issue and goats and things of yeah. that nature, there was so much uh, drama and, and legend uh, surrounding the Cubs, whereas the Astros, none of that. And also, it's still difficult for people to see the Astros being mentioned as an American League team. Yeah. Especially someone who grew up watching them or listening to them on the radio, and, and the Nolan Ryan days, J.R. Richards, and all that stuff. Uh, so it's hard uh, to say, what do you mean? American League, really? Houston Astros? So they don't have all that uh, that pent-up frustration uh, like the Cubs did. And, uh, yeah, so it, it doesn't have really the same feel. No, it doesn't,
1: but a lot of people are going to go back and say, oh, man, this is just an unbelievable
2: World Series. Well,
1: it and, has been. You yeah. know, and I I differ a little bit. I think the game two was more of a, like, I could take one of those games, these four or five-hour games, back and forth, extra innings, what, what have you. Like, we got one of them in game two was fine. And to get that other one in, in Game Five, I was just—I mean, five hours and seventeen minutes of anything—it's just too much. It really is. Well, I'm talking. I mean, it, yeah. yes, sex too. Yes, I was too think, much. Now, why
2: would you go there? Well, Because so you're why like, you Because well, you I know. Twelve I know you. minutes into the show, you're bringing the show down. Nobody's oh, no, thinking about sex. No, you were. Because, it's too early. No, you were because I no. can tell. I, I know. No, I was going totally. I, I was going a Smorgasbord because I've done this before, where I sit in there and I eat. And then I'll sit and rest and burp like you do every morning. <laughs> yep. And I'll make more room. And then I'll go back to the buffet, man. That's yeah. what I was thinking. That's okay. the first thing that came to mind. All right, and sure. And you have to come in here and bring the show down. I've been <laughs> here 12 freaking minutes, and you're already bringing it down. No, I'm not bringing it down.
1: I was just <laughs> Now, to that too, him. though, now yeah. that you brought it Yeah, up. right. Well, the, your well was like, well, it was, yeah, like I a, was, it was like a well. It was not a food well. It was a food well. Mm. They, they're both the same. Yeah, Okay, well, you okay. do agree, though, that five hours and 17 minutes, anything is too much. <laughs> it's way too much. I don't care what you got, massage. It's too much. Yeah, too long. Well, of course, I got something to do. I got something else to I'm, do. I'm with you. I mean, any, yeah. I mean, there's just too much of a good thing. It's just it's too much. Too much. Yeah. Stop. Stop playing baseball. <laughs> Enough of this. So last night was more normal. It was like three hours and uh, 22 minutes. I think was a game. Yeah, that's so. normal for Major League Baseball these days. Yeah, it's right. more palatable. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you like to keep it under three, be nice, you that can it under great.
2: three. Yeah, yeah, and it was going actually swiftly in the fifth inning. By the time I got home, it was 9.30 at that point. It was in the fifth inning. Then it slowed down there in the sixth. And how about Joe Buck calling as It's been six innings when the Dodgers have done their work, and boom, here they go.
1: Yeah, uh, you know they, they, they did. And double switch, and Chase Utley's up, and, and I'm thinking – and when he's when he is he steps of the box, he looks so old now. It's unbelievable how old he looks. Thirty eight? Yeah, I know. But I mean he's like an old grizzled salt and pepper thirty eight. You know, <laughs> I mean it's like Rolling really,
2: bat. Yeah,
1: like Robert Redford 38, you know, with like the he's got the lines in the face. You you still see the old him, you know. He's You look good, Chase. Yeah, smoking a Marlboro and <laughs> talking to his horse. You know, it's like that type of old. Are you doing Stetson? You know, grizzled but yet handsome, like that type of old oh, Chase Utley. You, you look good, dog. So I'm thinking of this guy, because I, I have I, I never liked him just because he was so good for the Phillies and the Phillies <laughs> and the Mets and like you just can't <laughs> like guys like that, right? So I'm thinking if he hits a home run here, I'm just I'm done. Like I can't I don't I just don't wanna see that. Yeah, I just don't wanna see it. He ends up getting hit and then you have mm-hmm. the Taylor double, which was mm. incredible, and then the sack fly. What a great
2: a, bat at bat, going yeah. the opposite way. I think it was a one two count. It I think he was behind yeah. in the count when he, when he got that uh, double.
1: Yeah, and then the sack fly, the Seeger sack fly, that I thought was a home oh, run. Yeah. That. that would have been out of the ballpark in Houston, yep, by the way. For sure. Which is another thing that just is, drives me crazy. See, that to me right there is perfect. Like, you think off the bat, you don't know if it's a home run or not. That in Houston, you know the second that the guy swings, it's a home run. You're like, you oh.
2: crazy? We love oh. the different dimensions that uh, these ballparks have. Oh, it's just too much. <laughs> Way too much. <laughs> I but thought we'd argue about that because there are people who were lamenting the fact that. I like, no, because, I like the ballpark. Yeah. No,
1: I'm just talking about there's just too many. Whatever it is, it's the combination of the smaller ballparks, the tired pitchers, the bad pitchers. Some of them are not all that good because it's watered down. And the baseballs, are something definitely going on with the baseballs. You I'm think? Fully convinced. Oh, come it. on. There's too many guys oh. that are coming out and saying stuff. Oh,
2: yeah. Whether they're it's just, Verlander they're saying it.
1: I think Rich Hill mentioned it. There's been a couple of guys. Just
2: pitch. Uh, it's not, it's not,
1: I don't know if it's a complaint. Mm-hmm. It's an
2: observation.
1: Mm-hmm. I just think that it's, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, it's definitely something going on with what, those baseballs. What would you
2: have done if, if you're, you're in the stands there in Houston, your wife catches a home run, and your buddy grabs it out of her hand and throws it back on the field? Um, would you have thrown him on the field? No, no. I would you would have been, wanted
1: to. I would have been fine with it.
2: You would have been cool with it? Yeah, I would have been right. fine.
1: I mean, what do I need this baseball for? Come on, <laughs> 35 years old, I don't need this baseball. <laughs> it's cool enough that I'm here, you know? You well, go. last night, another issue between a husband and wife ends up happening. So, on the Jock Peterson home run, a guy's in the front row. He brings a glove to the this game. Is it. This This doofus bring, brings a glove to the game. He totally, I don't know how, (laughs) with a glove and functioning eyeballs, can you not catch this ball where he is standing. And not only does he miss it, but the thing, you know, exit velo is a big thing these days. Right, so this ball is flying off the bat. It drills his wife in the stomach. Uh. Drills her! So not only do you look like a doofus because you can't catch the thing, but then your wife gets pummeled by the baseball. Apparently, she had <laughs> stitch marks in her abdomen <laughs> from the ball.
2: She had been doing abs.
1: Like you want to talk about like not feeling like a man in that spot?
2: Damn, baby, I'm sorry.
1: Like first of all, I mean, you're bringing, the guy was in you know maybe 30s, 40s at the. The guy still bringing a glove to the game. Right? You think like, okay, you, you stop that when you're 12.
2: Like when you hit a teenager. Well, if you're sitting out there, yeah. But, you know, if you're closer to the action. Still, yeah.
1: still, you know, really? you put up a hand, you
2: okay. put up a beard. Catch it
1: like a man. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> we when you hit 13, no more gloves at the games, all right? And so then, and I used to do it as a kid. It was great. But then you get to a certain point, you leave that at home. So already <laughs> he's got the glove, right? So this wife is like, what? who did I marry? But then... By some strike of luck, the ball gets hit right to him, and he's got the glove.
2: And what happens? He misses it and whap. <laughs> ah! Baby, all right, you know, yeah. there's a few more innings left. You're going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just pathetic. Anyway, all right,
1: uh, we got to take a break because we're going to go right out to Houston. After Bogus' update, and talk to uh, Seth Payne, who's a co host of Mad Radio Oof. on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. His show starts in just a little bit. And he played in the NFL for 10 years, Seth Payne. He's going to talk about the Texans. what happened last night in this World Series game, how devastated. That place is because they thought they had it. Yep. So we'll come back, talk to Seth, talk to Bogish. But right now, Brian talks to you.
2: That's right. You may or may not be an athlete like Seth Payne was, but I still know that pain for anybody is a real bummer, regardless of your vocation or age. Know this. Relief factor is not just for athletes or retired athletes like me. Brian Jones here for the first time ever. I'm endorsing a pain reliever that is 100% drug-free, and that's very important to know. Just because I'm a retired football player with aches and pains that, quite frankly, I deserve because of what I put my body through doesn't mean you, you out there, can't lower or even eliminate your pain as well. Back pain, neck pain, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot pain can keep you from walking, sleeping through the night, golfing, playing tennis, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. The good news is this. Relief Factor makes available a three-week quick start for only $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. I'm pleased to announce that Relief Factor is here to save you, okay? All right? So get you some Relief Factor and get rid of all that pain. All right? Quick start for 1995, Three-week quick start. It's all you need. And you're going to be a believer like I'm a believer. Go to relieffactor.com to order now. That's relieffactor.com. I never oh, mind never was. mind, Bogus. You want to go back yeah. to the newsroom and resume your boring sports yeah. conversations. You could yeah. do that. Go with the yeah. fake laugh you were, you losing at. I heard it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was funny oh it was that funny one, that laugh the yeah, fake focus it was, laugh. it was so
1: funny man. Yeah. Yeah, Go, so, gone yeah. we'll, we'll get him back in here and he could do whatever yeah. he was planning on doing after <laughs> seth Payne, who is joining us right now co-host of mad radio on sports radio 610 in houston and of course 10 years in the nfl seth good morning thanks for joining us how are you
3: Good morning, guys. I I listen to you all the time on my way in, so this is, uh, frankly, I feel like I'm meeting my heroes.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. No,
3: I I, I don't want you to feel any pressure to live up to that. I know a lot of times people are disappointed when they meet their heroes. Uh, I I just, I don't want to be that guy that's disappointed when I meet my heroes. Oh, my goodness.
2: Seth, was it you or your your, your partner there on your show that uh, couldn't believe that I was in the hunting and all that good stuff? Uh, it was it was my partner. Yeah. Look,
3: who's uh, he's a he's a Connecticut Yankee who's yeah. down here in Houston. And Mike he, Meltzer. So frankly, yeah. frankly, we're a little bit you know, Brian. We're a little bit tired of uh, the the stereotype. These northeasterners with their stereotypes about various people. It's uh, it's enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. like yeah. like I can I now know that Brian can swim, which is something that I knew nothing <laughs> about prior to and, meeting him.
3: And okay, t- guys, listen, listen, listen. Houston is in the news for everything racial, whether it's baseball or football <laughs> or anything else. I will I will not be a party to this. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna, uh, I, I you just want to <laughs> rope me into this uh, <laughs> and, and, and make some casual jokes. Get some the
2: I now know that Geo likes fried chicken. Yeah, it's who amazing. Knows?
3: I know, I'm I, hey, the doors know off funny. everything. You know that? You know that song? The uh, oh, it's the country singer who like I, where I come from. It's cornbread and chicken. It's it's uh, from porch sitting and all that stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. All right. This story this story's gonna go nowhere. It's an Alan Jackson song. But I remember one of my favorite like kind of uh kind of cultural cultures meeting was me sitting with Billy Miller, who's a, a black guy I played with, being like, I didn't know he and he said, White people like cornbread too? I'm like, Yes, Billy, white people like cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> people like cornbread.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Hey, uh, tell Melter I said hello. Brian always does this where he like tells the guests to say hello from him. So yep. tell Melter I said hello. We were at the same table at a wedding like a month ago. Me and Meltzer. So we got to know ah. each other. And I trained him, apparently. I totally forgot. He was an intern, and I trained him. You forget like- your p- pupils, oh, man? Yeah, I, I totally forgot. He
3: didn't leave an impact,
1: I guess. So anyway, we're
3: Go ahead, you son. see that on people's resumes sometimes. Like you're reading some dude's resume, and you're like, "Oh, he was an intern for me ten years ago. <laughs>
1: I'm a bad boss." <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We're talking to Seth Payne, who's uh, down in Houston. So I mean, I would imagine like devastation would be the word this morning because last night felt like the shot with Verlander on the mound, and now you have to go to a game seven on the road. Is it? Is it? It's got to be more pessimistic than optimistic, or am I reading that wrong?
3: I don't know. It's it's hard to figure these things sometimes. I think. The, the story would have been great that, hey, in both these two teams that are so into analytics and are so into just doing things differently that you're gonna have a starter in Justin Verlander who's gonna come ride in on his white horse and, and potentially go nine innings. That was, that was a fun myth to believe in. And it was very possible that it might have happened, uh, if he hadn't lost control there for, for a bit. But, I think you look at what they have this evening, which is Lance McCullers and Charlie Morton. And if they piggyback, if you get a one-two combo with them, and you look at some of the other guys who who are much more scattershot in how they do in relief, but I think people have confidence in McCullers and Morton. And then you also, I don't know if confidence is the right word in the lineup, because as we've seen, you just can't count game in and game out. No matter how good your offense is, you can't count on it always showing up, Um, but there's still that potential. I think the biggest thing that, in my mind, is a little bit deflating is the fact that both in this last series, which you guys saw up close with the Yankees, and now here is how much home field actually matters, And, and in baseball, where that's not typically a huge thing, man, it sure seems like these teams are fueled by their home crowds these last couple series.
2: And, and and not just that, but also the dimensions of the field. We were just talking about, uh, was it uh, Bellinger and, and the long uh, sack fly? Lat- or it was, Se- it was uh And uh, the fact that that would have been out of the park there at Minute Maid, and, and it wasn't. Yep. Uh, question as far as, I, I think that A.J. Hinch will opt for the starters out of that bullpen instead of the, the regulars out of that bullpen, much like he did in the
3: ALCS. What do you think? I, I think so. I think right now you don't you don't know who the you don't know who the bullpen is, yeah. uh, which is great, and that's been fun. That's been that's been part of the intrigue of this series is talking about how Roberts is using his bullpen so aggressively, uh, how creative AJ Hinch has been both in leaving starters in and then also leaving starters, uh, bringing in starters as relievers. And yeah, I th- I think you see Charlie Morton in first as a chance. to see Peacock, uh, and beyond that, you just don't know how to feel about. Scrove, Davinsky, Giles is pretty much done for. Giles has just been an absolute disaster this World Series. Uh, and I think in, in my mind what I'd hope for is that you can go the complete game with, with, uh, with McCullers and Morton, but now just because we've seen that happen once, that obviously doesn't mean it's going to happen again. And beyond, beyond Morton today, the, there are question marks about who will go in.
1: Is there has there been a lot of pressure on this team? I know it's been building for a couple of years, and you had a lot of losing there for a while. You know, first time being in the World Series since two thousand and five. Do you feel like if they lose this, it's going to be one of those? Oh my goodness, they can't believe this happened. Uh, The window is not going to stay open forever. Or is the, the sense amongst you how you feel and the fans that you talk to every day like, hey, I mean, this team's got a bright future. If they end up losing in seven games, this wild World Series, as much as it. It hurts. Uh, we're going to be okay.
3: Now, I think especially coming off of the 2005 World Series, where you get swept, and that was the ultimate in deflation on a team. I think you look at the youth of this team, you look at how young guys like Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa are, you know, Jose Altuve and George Springer aren't young necessarily, but they've still got the best years of their career ahead of them, and I think the the feeling is very much one of optimism. Obviously, you have to bolster the bullpen, Uh, I don't know how much longer Verlander will be able to keep all of this up, but you very much feel like there's a window here, but you also know that, look, no matter how large your window is, it's, 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 it's gonna be hard to beat the Yankees in their youth every single year for the next few years, but... You, you go toe-to-toe with a team like the Dodgers, the two teams with the best records, uh, with, uh, meeting the team with the best record uh, and going toe-to-toe with them for seven seven games, I think obviously it's going to be disappointing, but you've still got a lo- uh, lot of hope for the future.
2: Seth, I was dis- discussing the World Series with another uh, co-host. The show is after this one. What's the DA show called? Uh, the DA show. The Just the DA show. That's how simple it is. Damon Amendola, and he was just <laughs> in. in. Damon, Amanda? Amanda Not, uh, Amanda Amendola. Damon Amendolara, Not Amendola. Amendolara. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he was a wide receiver for the Patriots. <laughs> no. Oh uh, was right. just down in Houston and he was surprised, pleasantly surprised at how jacked the city is for the World Series.
3: Uh, yeah, uh can it's, you describe a bit of a re- and it's 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 been you know, this is a good baseball town for a long time, but then you go through that period where you have a new owner, you, you have a new GM, they are very much analytically minded, and as you're tanking, um, or I, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what the politically correct way to say is other than tanking, but as they were reloading or whatever they were doing, very easy to get pretty despondent over the state of baseball, uh, but there was, there was that latent energy, and then when things started to pick up in 2015, I think people came around relatively quickly. The other thing that helps with this team uh you know is just it's it's a flat-out lovable group of guys and you know i I don't know if there's a softer take for me to have than that but i think a lot of people have seen that nationally when you just look at jose altuve who joe buck cannot shut up about his height uh there's just there's there's a very there's an extreme likability about him george springer all these guys and it's always interesting to me that it is such an analytically driven team and yet it's yielded this really lovable roster and this really scrappy bunch, and, and that's made it a lot easier for people to latch onto this team. Another
1: minute with Seth Payne of Sports Radio 610 down in Houston. I think that the reaction outside of Houston after that game five was, wow, Bob McNair has to be thrilled that that game happened because that sprays some of the fragrance on that whole situation because it takes some attention, some eyeballs away from that saga. Is that the way it actually
3: worked in Houston, though? Well, it's, it's still very much a football town, too, and that's where uh, I, you, you can only detract so much from that. I think the big concern here is, just from a strictly football perspective, because we can get into the other stuff a little bit, and that's obviously extremely complex. But just from a football perspective, I think there are a lot of people here in Houston who were tired of the drama with Dwayne Brown. They might not politically agree with Dwayne Brown. And in their minds, they're saying, I'm happy that Dwayne Brown's not here. He was a distraction. The problem is, you've got... One of the most phenomenal young stars in football right now in Deshaun Watson back there. And he was doing it. He was, he was leading the league in touchdowns without Dwayne Brown, but he's taking a ton of sacks. And I'm, I'm not worried about Deshaun Watson's production without Dwayne Brown. I'm worried about his internal organs, and, and I need him. I, I, I desperately need Deshaun Watson to stay healthy over the next several years. It's going to be a lot harder without a good offensive tackle out there.
2: I, I would agree with that assessment, and other than what just occurred there in Houston or here in New York with Bob McNair's comments. How has Dwayne Brown been a distraction? I know he was holding out, and he, he just got back, just returned to the team, and and now, of course, he's been traded to Seattle. But it, it, in the past, has he been someone that uh, that has drawn the ire of the Houston Texas faithful?
3: No, he's been he's been beloved, and that's yeah. um, that's what's been so strange about all of this was. Initially, it seemed like just a traditional holdout. He's a guy that had been one of the best players on this team for a decade, probably one of the top five players in team history, and it's a young team history, but, but nonetheless. Uh, I don't think people realize just how disgruntled he was with the organization. And I, I don't, from talking to former players um, or talking to guys that have played with him, uh, it, it's not just a matter of him and the owner not liking each other. It's not him and Bill O'Brien not liking each other. Uh, all that's been explained to me is that it's very complex, and he just wasn't happy playing in Houston. And it seems to me that in a lot of ways he wanted to force his way out, and it got steadily more uncomfortable, and it got steadily more aggressive as as we approached the trade deadline. And you add on to that that he has very real uh, he has very real objections, and he uh, to to some of the things the owner has done. But that's not the sole reason that he wanted out. And, and Brian, I know you remember when you played. The Denver Broncos were kind of a shangri-la for players. That they, they, you thought, okay, hey, I'm going to go to Denver, and they never practice in pads. It's really cool. They're all players, coaches. Gary Kubiak is awesome. I think there was a little bit of a culture shock when Dwayne Brown had played for Gary Kubiak's entire career, and then Bill O'Brien comes in with a Bill Parcells mentality, and, and I don't know how much that factored into it, but I know it was, it was a bit of shock to him to go from probably the easiest practice schedules and the most player-friendly environment to one that was much more like a Bill Belichickian practice environment. It was
2: actually the San Francisco 49ers at the time that had the cozy practices.
3: Yeah, and then Kubiak and, uh, Kubiak brought a lot of that to, to Denver right. and then on into Houston too with no pads, you know, the West Coast system and, yep. uh, and it's so, it's hard for me to really summarize everything and obviously I don't understand it myself other than to say that Dwayne Brown wanted out. We wondered, you know, at the time we wondered, okay, exactly where are you going to go? like how many teams can you go to where the owner isn't a a rich Republican dude that does it that that shares your (laughs) politics Um, look the Seattle Seahawks was the first answer we had so I think in terms of how he feels in that environment nobody's going to bat an eyelash at anything he does politically Um, and, and I don't it's it's complex with Bob McNair the owner here and when you when i think from an outsider's perspective looking in it's very easy to say well this guy donated to Trump's campaign he obviously uh, he's obviously this type of guy He's also, he, the GM here in Houston is Rick Smith, who's an African American. He's been GM for 12 years. Despite the fact that many, many, many of us have wanted Rick Smith fired a bunch of times. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, hey, that sounds a whole whole lot like, hey, I've got, I know black people. I've got friends that are black. It's not that defense. I only say it to say it's complex. And I think there are a lot of objections that maybe he had to to Bob McNair that are understandable, but that it's not also that Bob McNair is some um, died in the wool reborn George Wallace.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seth, thanks for the time this morning. Say hello to Meltzer for us, and take care. Okay, guys, thanks. That's Seth Payne, co-host of Mad Radio on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. So a lot going on there.
2: Yeah. I was oh going to ask him. He,
1: he went on about the Dwayne Brown stuff. We didn't have as much time, but I was going to ask him. He's, like, exhausted showing up. He's... He's talking about that. He's talking about the Guriel thing. He's yeah. got all these heavy topics, and you got to watch out what you're saying and everything else. It's like ah,
2: save it for February, right? Yeah.
1: See, there you see go. Like, can we get the racist controversy <laughs> in February,
2: please? <laughs> and just so I'm correct, is
1: Lara. Yeah, yeah, Amendola. Yeah. Yeah, Damon. Right. Just that's why he goes by Da. He, oh, no It's Like not, Adam the Bull in Cleveland. His last that. name is Gerstenhaber. So then he said that Bull was easier to say. So he's now Adam the Bull. Oh, right. So. Okay,
2: and he's now Damon Amendola, Amendolar. Yeah, Damon Amendolar. Yeah, Damon Amendola. Yes. Uh, Damon not Amendola. Not- <laughs> I just work with the dude. That's it. Jeez. I'm, I like the Ricky Henderson of this stuff. now. I might just play with a guy who wore a helmet.
1: Yeah, when Seth Payne said, Brian, you remember when you played. I said to myself, no, he doesn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> played what?
2: Geo's back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We've got I don't. He also thinks about 10 years younger. If you were in the league when Kubiak was the Broncos head coach. I, I played against Gary Kubiak. Yeah, you played against him. Yeah. He wasn't coaching the Broncos running you know, no, country he was. club
2: practices. I think he was. Yeah, during the end of my career, I think he was
1: coaching. Broncos. Like, like no. being like a assistant coach? Because he was only the coach in like 2011. Was
2: it? When was he? Maybe he was assistant. Hell, I don't know who the coach was. Who was the coach of the Broncos back then? 1998, who was the Broncos? Mike coach? Shanahan. Yeah. Oh, Shanahan was there. Okay. Yeah. Kuback was the OC. Long-time OC. All, All right. right, we got that? Swear up. <laughs> and it's Damon <laughs> Delara or something like yeah, that. Damon Amandallara.
0: What's
2: his show called? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the oh, show I thought it was, called? it was a spaceship or something,
1: didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, he did the mothership is the what mothership. He, he affectionately yeah. refers to it as. Yeah, the but mothership. I'm <laughs> straight on it. <laughs> it you is ain't the getting show.
2: I'm not getting beamed up. No. I'm getting my horse back, man. I'm telling
1: you. All right. Pogish is here. He's got to get this update in. So what's happening? I mean, I don't, but I will. uh no,
0: you have There's a lot going on. Looking for their first ever World Title, Game Six of the Fall Classic started well for the Astros. Here's the 1-0. Hits this one pretty well to right field, sending Puig back onto the warning track. Looks up,
3: get legs. It's gone. George Springer opposite field homer. His fourth home run of the World Series puts the Astros up. One
0: to nothing. Uh, Steve Sparks on Astros radio, but Houston never scored again. However, Justin Verlander made that one run stand up until the sixth when Chris Taylor drove in a run with a double. Then Corey Seager put LA ahead for good with a sacrifice. Fly, Jock Peterson, solo shot in the seventh, provided the final score, 3-1 over the Astros. Kenley Jant retired all six Houston batters he faced for the save, setting up our third game seven in four years. It'll be the first World Series finale ever played at Dodger Stadium. First pitch again at 520 Pacific. You Darvish starts tonight for L.A. Lance McCullers Jr. for Houston. It's Georgia atop the initial college football playoff rankings. Then Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Oklahoma is fifth. UCF is the highest-ranked group of five schools. At number 18, NFLPA lawyers denied an emergency injunction from the district court judge that reinstated Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension on Monday. So now they are appealing to the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. As of now, Elliott will not play Sunday when KC comes to Dallas. Before yesterday afternoon's trade deadline, the Panthers sent wideout Kelvin Benjamin to Buffalo for two picks. But the Browns couldn't get QB and Asian fusion restaurateur A.J. McCarron from the Bengals. <laughs> reportedly because Cleveland messed up trade protocol, the league denied the swap, which involves second and third round picks. So what was Mikey B. supposed to do last night? His gumar, his side piece, the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> were playing his first true love, the Brooklyn Nets. Up top comes Chandler. hits a screen. James goes around it. try to go over to the left. He does the bender for a three, and it's good. Drog and Bender with a big three from the left wing puts the Suns up 116 to 108 with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Great Chris. win for the Suns. Huge win for the Suns. Mm. Looking the part of that upstart team they that really maybe can they make really some were. noise. Yeah. And, and you beating, called it,
1: Mike. Beating the teams they're supposed to beat, too, is right. really what the. That's where you have to start. Yep. is You look at the cupcakes on the schedule and you stomp on them, <laughs> and then you start to move up the ladder a little Ouch. bit. Ouch.
0: And it's a so. road win.
1: Right, on I know. Top
0: of that, not in Phoenix. Dylan, all that drama. great points. Yeah, yeah. And right. the and the balance. You know, yeah. Booker has a big game. T.J. Warren scores fourteen. The fourth yeah. Dra- dragon bender sighting. And uh, unlike the Brooklyn Nets, the
1: the Suns have a real solid fan base of guys who care. You right. know, so they they yeah. couldn't go through another terrible season. It just wouldn't have been good for them. So you got to be happy for them.
0: One twenty two, one fourteen was the heartbreaking <laughs> final in Brooklyn last night. <laughs> Uh, the Lakers down the Pistons, one thirteen ninety three. 93 OKC rolled through Milwaukee, 110-91. And the Pacers smacked the Kings, one hundred one eighty three. And how about a hockey score? Winnipeg, a 2-1 win in Minnesota, Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> the look of
1: a... Was that supposed to be paying attention to They ain't got no brothers. <laughs> yeah. I'm back to hating the Nets now. Only why? because Well, I'll tell you why. Because... Evan Roberts and Mikey B. Two yeah. guys, I mean, they have this irrational dislike for the Knicks, which I don't understand because the Knicks have been so bad. It's like they've been a non factor. It doesn't matter. But it's like they going into that Friday game last Friday, they were playing the Knicks. Like, oh, we gotta win this one. We have to win this, man. And they lose it. Oh, it's devastating. Like, shut up. Well, yeah, well, you get get your own house in order for you to worry about what the Knicks are doing. Like, why do you care so much about the damn Knicks? So now. As a Knicks fan, now I have to hate them. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and the Knicks have been on a nice little roll, three in a row. <laughs> yes. and, they, and they've got by far the best player at two teams. Yeah, who right. Porzingis? You, you, you can't possibly You can't possibly score
3: forty
2: in a game. <laughs> yeah, dude. Del- I think the Knicks would take thirty. Yeah. What did uh? What does Enis said he should be MVP soon? Well, probably will be MVP. Well, I think should be in the conversation.
1: It's a little bit of a stretch. Something at this like point. that. I mean, they're not. I know it's gonna, early
2: in <laughs> the season, but
1: well, there were MVP chants at the garden. They're just <laughs> they'll MVP well, you chant better get anybody. Them, get them out while
2: you can. Like they were
1: MVP <laughs> chanting Kylo Quint. Like, they don't I have even no care. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, we got plenty more to get to. We got college football playoff rankings.
2: Playoffs?
1: We've got the NFL trade deadline, which Ugh. is now a thing. Ugh. So keep it right well. here. Talk to Geo and Jones now. 855 212 4 CBS.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: Got two big topics and not a lot of time in this segment, so we will save them for our seven AM Eastern hour. So hang with us yeah. when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. Stay with us and the NFL trade deadline. Um, we also have Brett McMurphy joining us in less than an hour, College Football Insider, to talk some playoff rankings as well. But you know, yesterday's Halloween. And a friend of mine has one of those cameras that is set up outside of his house so he can film and see what's happening at his front door. Yep. So yesterday, he sends me this video of a guy. I mean, a man, a grown man, in regular clothes, pulls up on a bike. Now, the only thing that he has that is not a normal outfit, he's got jeans and a shirt, is he's got a sheet that he is tied around... His neck, gold sheet, to, not a white one. To make to make like a cape, right? Right. So he shows up at the door. Tw- I mean, well, we'll find out his age in a second. He's a grown man. Shows up at the door, knocks on the door. My friend opens the door. All this is on tape. I watched it like ten times yesterday. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> knocks on the door. My friend opens the door. The guy goes, "You have candy." <laughs> <laughs> Not trick or treat, not hello, not. Right. He goes, and that's what he said. Like, you have candy? So my friend goes, Do I have candy? You know, he's a Long Island fresh, you know, attitude type thing. He's like, Do I have candy? He goes, How old are you? The guy goes, Ha, 29.
0: 29
1: years old.
2: I think he was up to no good, man. I well, think he was casing the joint.
1: That could have been, but, I mean, if you look at the guy, it's, it's one of two things. One, something's just not right. He's just a little bit off. Socially, something's wrong. And my friend, is credit, was like, yeah, sure, he gave him some candy. The guy left. Now, he's also on a cell phone, which is another thing. That I was wouldn't like have a, given him candy. I wouldn't have given him anything. Yeah, but you give Get him Get out some, of here, man. But here's the thing. If he is casing the joint or he is up to no good, You know, maybe he looks at that generosity and says, you know, that guy was a nice guy to me. He did ask how old I was, whatever. So I won't rob this house. Yeah, right. (laughs) Maybe that's So I would probably give him candy. Just get out of here, man. Candy? Candy's for the kids. And first of all, you didn't even say trick or treat. Yeah, I know. But I, I...
2: You don't even know the proper protocol for Halloween.
1: It's not as funny if this is like a criminal Obviously, but as it stands now, it's just hilarious twenty nine year old on a bike with a sheet as a cape. Oh, man, that is too in the middle of the day. Yeah, well that's the other thing too. I mean two thirty, cape... right? Yeah, two thirty eight was the <laughs> time stamp on the thing. But I just like, <laughs> like, like hey man, like happy Halloween, trick or treat. And he's like, You got candy?
2: Oh wow. And do I have candy? Yeah. I amazing. wouldn't have given him anything. Man, get off my porch. with you? <laughs> I was trying to take a nap. Ask right. me for candy, grown man. Yeah, it's, seriously.
1: Twenty-nine years old. I mean I don't So you think definitely criminal and not someone who's like socially like doesn't understand the tradition mm, of Halloween well,
2: we, had, and, we had a few of those uh socially unadjusted folks that in our neighborhood, uh, Lionel comes to mind. Oh, but, Lionel. But uh, I think Lionel would <laughs> know to say trick-or-treat. Oh, would he yeah. at least know
1: that much? Yeah. Uh, not, mm-hmm. yeah the, the way the guy turns around, he's like on his cell phone. He like makes a call like, right. right after that. He probably te- no, this house no. ain't a good one. Yeah, I'm this telling is more, you, he more, was casing it. More nefarious, yeah, yeah probably than, mm-hmm. than I want to believe texting, they home. <laughs> yeah, it, it is funnier when you think that this person's totally lost, and then all of a sudden it's like starts to become depressing to think that this guy was about to rob his house.
2: Wow, got candy middle of the afternoon.
1: All right, coming up next, we will talk some college football playoff rankings. Getting to some NFL trade deadline talk. Unbelievable stuff happening there, and Brett McMurphy in forty-five minutes. It's Gio and Jones. Keep right here. CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs.